0: Welcome to this week's Dewsbury Gospel Church Podcast with Pastor Ward. We have to stand on the truth. When you know the truth, the truth sets you free. Yet many believers are still bound, not able to do the things that God has called them to do because they're not standing on the truth and that's what we have to do. Amen. Day by day. Hallelujah. Jesus said it, when you know the truth, It's not just knowing about the truth. Lots of people know about the Bible and they've read the Bible and they're still bound. But you've got to know the truth that sets you free. Hallelujah. Name of Jesus. Name above all names. Every name that's on this earth is subject to that name. No matter whether the name is cancer or whatever disease or any bondage hallelujah it's under the name and that name is the name that we have to use praise God it's authority in the name hallelujah Amen. you know some of you write checks but if you don't sign your name to that check it's not gonna mean anything at the bank so you could make it out for a thousand pounds or whatever and give it to somebody but if it doesn't carry your name of course you have gotta have the funds in the bank that does help but you know all the funds are in heaven Praise God. Everything that we need is there. And we access it by faith. We bring it down. Amen. So whatever your need is this morning, it's accessible. Because Jesus has already provided. It's called the new covenant. Amen. It's an inheritance that is ours. And Paul tells us that in the word. It's ours. Just like anybody leaving you something, you know. And they, uh, it's a last will and testament. Well, Jesus wrote a last will and testament. Amen. What a testament that is. Praise God. But we've got to believe it. And we've got to cash it in as well. Uh, so often, you know, it's there for us. It's in heaven, but we don't cash the check. But it carries his name. And so when we ask for things in his name, it goes to the bank of heaven. Father sees it. And he sees the name of his son on that. says, it's okay. That's cashable. That's solid. Amen. Amen. And there's no poverty in heaven. Amen. Amen. There's no shortfall in heaven. Amen. Everything that's needed for you in this life has already been provided. But don't let the devil put the chains around your mind, around your thinking, around your body. You can break free. Amen. Amen. It's good to sing that song, isn't it? My chains are broken gone. Amen. Well, if your chains are gone and you're still bound, that tells you believing a lie. Believe the truth and amen. You can break free. Praise God. It's good news. Amen. And uh, good to see some folks back from holiday. Trust you are feeling rested. You know, these things are necessary. Spirit, soul and body is... What Paul says has to be sanctified. Sometimes, you see, we forget about the body, but we shouldn't. The body is very, very important. And sometimes we want to be so spiritual, no, well, those things of the body don't matter. Yes, they do, simply because the Word tells us our body is a temple. So you can't, you know, you you can't ignore the temple. That's the place that God has chosen to indwell us. The Holy Spirit is resident in our temple, in our body. So, makes good sense to uh, think about our body from time to time. At times when we need rest. And, uh, you see, we never know what a day is going to bring, do we? Amen. And, um, some of us, uh, just this week, of uh, pastor passed away. He was actually on holiday in Norfolk. And, uh, um, he, he, uh, You know, as far as we know, he wasn't sick. And uh, literally, that was it. Went to be with the Lord. God called him on holiday. Well, that's a pretty good way to go, I think. You know, we shouldn't be going in sickness. Amen. We should be still enjoying things here. And then God says, well, the time has come. Simple as that. It's good to go when God calls us. And uh, Michael Stopford was the Methodist minister... um, in Dewsbury many years ago, he was uh, first moderator of churches together. He was uh, overseeing churches in uh, kind of Jewsbury, Murfield area, and uh, he retired just a couple of months ago. And uh, I, w- I had last spoke to him at uh, actually it was Jill's mum's funeral, and uh, I said, Michael, what you know, what what are your plans? And he um, says, Well, you know, he, he actually couldn't wait to retire, and. Uh, I said, well, surely you're going to be doing something. So I said, yes. He said, I'm going to do some voluntary work as a chaplain uh, with the hospice and so on. But, you know, we never know what the next day is going to be, do we? How when God calls us. And, uh, but we thank God for him. He was a man of God and uh, he put a lot of things into this town in his time. And, uh, um, but, um, you know, we were praying for his wife uh, because clearly when it's something so sudden <laughs> as that, the shock really is to the family and uh, but um, we believe that you know God has still uh, got his hands on on that work on that situation so bless God but uh, just reminds us of you know how short our time is here and that this really is just a kind of a little section of, of time compared to all eternity but it also reminds us that well, let's do what God has called us to do. In our prayer meeting on Wednesday, um, the Lord uh, uh, gave me this picture of, um, of the, the woman who had the issue of blood right in the course of us praying. And, uh, and, and really what, what the Lord was wanting to emphasize is that in spite of her condition, and she'd been to seemingly all the doctors in her area, and not one of them could help her, And for, I think, 12 years, she had, you know, been suffering in this way. The Lord Jesus comes along one day, and yet she must have been physically suffering and struggling. And she could have stayed at home and said, okay, well, doctors can't do anything for me, I guess. I just got to wait until I go. But it says that she actually pressed through. And there must have been crowds around Jesus. But she was so convinced just one touch of his garment even, and I will be healed. And it was her faith. You see, there was grace in the Lord Jesus. There was all the virtue that she needed to come into her body, but she knew she still had to press through. And, uh, and it, was, it was that kind of faith that um, moved God. And she just pushed through irrespective of, of whatever and all she could do is manage to touch the hem of his garment. but that was sufficient and Jesus turns around and he says who touched me and the disciples of course they were quite amazed because there lots of people would have been around him but he knew something had gone from him into her and it was that healing power and that virtue that it says went from him and you know what he said your faith has made you whole her faith not the faith of Jesus you know we know that Jesus is always ready to heal and uh, but but something but the you know the the fact is it was that she was pushing through she wasn't settling for a condition she wasn't uh, doing nothing and you know god says i bless the hands that work you know and we got to work faith and uh, faith without works is dead so there's a very important aspect when we come to uh, regard healing, and I believe that the Lord is um, wanting to emphasize these things to us simply because there's a lot of sickness in the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. Don't know whether you realize that, but it seems that the enemy is working overtime in this area, and we need to take our uh, inheritance seriously. That we are meant to be free from sickness. You know, the will of God is for each and every one of us to be healed, that's what God wants. Uh, jesus paid the price for that and uh, you can you see you can wait for an healing evangelist to come come round and praise god that uh, he blesses uh, certain ministries certain men carry anointings for that and that's great but you know the better way is for us to be able to access that by faith ourselves uh, because that's our privilege—it's in the word—but that's where we've got to learn those things, and we've got to be taught those things, and we've got to then be able to stand and resist the enemy when he comes along. Good news is that we are called to be a body, and therefore, you know, if if one part of that body is affected, it affects us all. By the same token, as the body, we can also be the means of standing with brothers and sisters who are. At this time, maybe going through things like that, and we raise our faith uh, together with them, because when two or three agree together concerning anything on earth, it shall be done for us in heaven. So there's power in agreement. That makes good sense, doesn't it? makes good sense to be a part of church, because church is the power of God on earth to set the people free. And, you know, the gospel is that power and that's why we should always be giving out the gospel Um, but the church is the power it says the gates of hell will not prevail against the church amen Amen. and who's building the church amen Jesus himself you know he builds it pretty strong but you know what he builds it with you and me with people we're kind of bricks in the wall as it were you know some we're supporting, some are supporting us. We've got people alongside us, but together, collectively, we are very powerful. And, uh, you know, we, uh, we create this great wall against the enemy. But, you know, the emphasis I believe is that we are going towards the gates of hell. We're not waiting for the devil to come before we do anything. It says the gates of hell will not prevail. So that means that, that the devil has got certain gates and he's got people behind those gates. It's like a prison and people in prisons and God is expecting the church to go forward and to open these gates to let the people out. Amen. That's what Jesus did when he went down into hell, by the way. He said he led the captives. Captive, amen. Praise God. He took them out of the possession of the enemy. Even hell and death were conquered. Praise God. So there's nothing that can contain, you know, the power of God. Amen. What same power is in you and me, and so we got to use that. These are great days for us if we will begin to learn these things. And uh, so good that we got a Bible college now. We can see these things getting into people. You know, 20 hours a week under the word. And it really will make differences to people's lives. But we've got to have this because the church has got to go forward. We can't just sit back and say, Oh, well, you know, uh, it's the way things are in this world, isn't it? Well, it was like that in Jesus' days. It was darkness, you know. There was not much faith on the earth. and, And even Jesus said, When I come back, will there be faith? That's what he's looking for. And we want to say, Yes, there will be, Lord, because your church will be, as it should be, full of faith. so we got to see it in practice amen well praise God and uh, this is a great time isn't it God is going to speak to us this morning amen when we worship him you know he begins to speak to us and uh, he loves worship you see the heart of uh, you know I think it was Toza said you know the jewel of the church is worship that's what God is after what Jesus is after, the worship in spirit and in truth. When that happens, you see, Holy Spirit begins to do things. Amen. So it should be exciting uh, every time we come like this. Praise God. It's quite a busy time uh, coming up to September, getting ready for uh, school again and also now with Bible College. And uh, if we have got 22 registered uh, already, there may be, uh, there's another half a dozen or so um who may be coming along so do keep praying into these uh, areas because you know the staff uh, do need that support and uh, we were saying actually in the uh, meeting yesterday for branch fm steve was, was saying you know the kind of things that just in the last couple of months that have been going on that are kind of an affront to what we're doing you know in respect of the radio station and that the enemy uh, he doesn't you know just sit back and let us do these things he is the accuser of the brethren you know he's there to stop what we're doing uh, that's his job as he sees it the good news is that um, is no match for the Lord Jesus amen but Having said that you know God expects us to take you know that's the weapons of our warfare you know the sword of the Spirit the shield of faith we got to apply these things otherwise he will run riot he will run over us and uh, and the time even when it seems as if we we can't make progress the word still says "Well, stand and having done everything stand because sooner or later he has got to give way you know, the gates of hell will not prevail. Well, what it does show you, that even though you may not be directly involved, like with Branch FM or with the school or the college, they really do need the church to support them. And uh, we know that in, in actual fact, particularly in, in Christian education, we know that schools that don't have a church backing, and Arthur Roderick has always said this, he, uh, he always prefers for a school to be based within a local church because then they they have the strength of the church behind them but so often the schools that don't have that you know in in uh, course of time they really do fall away and we we know sadly of many that that has happened to are no longer here and uh, that shouldn't be but uh, clearly there are problems financially and this kind of thing and and we do thank you know gifts that have been coming in you know, for the school and for the college, for Branch FM, uh, from this church. And, you know, we, uh, we were saying um, it really is good to have partnerships with these ministries because a partnership does mean that you've got regular income and, uh, you know, you can assess, you know, for wages and things like this on that basis. So, you know, do seek the Lord in that respect. But uh, uh, as Vanessa was saying, you know, prayer... It really is the backbone of everything. If you've got prayer force, then um, that really does pull down the strongholds of the enemy. And uh, it's, it's one thing, um, you know, that uh, many struggle with is uh, uh, the prayer life. It really is uh, a life of prayer in actual fact that we're called to. Uh, rather than just thinking, i just got to do a little slot, But keeping communication with the Lord all the time. We found that so often God just puts something on, on your heart. And you don't always know why. Um, but he puts a person on, on, on your heart and you, you just know you got to pray. You don't know why you're praying, but the Lord does. And then it comes out later on. And you think, that's Why? because you know the lord reveals that to us or circumstances show that that person was in real need at that time but this is the work of the holy spirit isn't it good that we have this person within us who communicates and lets us know um but a lot of it is is often we have to take it by faith and he's is is saying something to us and we're not quite sure exactly what it is but he's really saying pray and he does and when you pray in the spirit of course that is Straight access, you know, to the Lord. Um, so you, uh, when you don't know how to pray, you pray in the Spirit. And that's why Paul said, I pray in the Spirit more than you all. And, uh, and, and so, uh, praise God, you know, we, we have these powerful tools that God expects us to use. You know, getting um, filled with the Spirit and speaking in tongues is great. But from that point on, you have a ministry of praying in the Spirit. Praying in tongues and singing in the spirit, and you know when you're feeling really down, well, you just pray in the spirit and let your spirit rise. And uh, and so, praise God, we've got a bit of cleaning going on. And uh, uh, there, there you are. You see, there's various gifts that people have, and some are good with mops. And uh, um, you know, from time to time, accidents do happen, don't they? And and it's true in the church. Sometimes we slip up, we, may, you know, we do things wrong, but praise God, there's ways of mopping these things up and God is so good. Amen. It's good to have some kind of you know, visual thing that you can talk about at times. And uh, I didn't set up our sister to do that on purpose, by the way, but uh, praise God so we're looking at um these words of mention of the gospel in the new testament and we were looking at one peter last uh, week in the first chapter but there's another mention of gospel in the same chapter we we were looking at some incredible verses last uh, Uh, last week that Peter talks about and he talked about this inheritance that we have and and that uh, we are kept by the power of God and it says in verse 5 and uh, but it really is an amazing chapter is uh, one Peter and uh, we know that Peter was one who from time to time would spill things and drop things and you know he, he just uh, was that kind of a character is always uh, putting his uh, foot in his mouth as it were he was always coming out first to speak things out and uh, and at one time even Jesus had to say, say to him get behind me Satan he was saying things that were not as they should be um, but nevertheless you know God understands those things about us but you see what he does like is the fact that we get enthusiastic and that we we get out of the boat at times, and okay, we might have sinked or sunk a few times, um, but basically the fact is god doesn 't mind us making mistakes if we 're doing it from a good heart and we 're just wanting to it 's far better than doing nothing that is the problem that that Jesus was speaking to about the churches in Revelation. Some of them, you know, they uh, lost their first love, like the church at Ephesus. The church at Laodicea was neither hot nor cold. And he said, I'd actually prefer you to be cold than lukewarm. And, and so you can see that, that God doesn't mind us as long as we're, we're, we're doing something, because Holy Spirit will correct us, he will guide us, he will lead us. Um, but as long as we've got a willing heart to do things... And, uh, and I know it may take your time but, but it's like anything else whatever we sow we reap you will get it back good measure pressed down shaken together running over it's not just finances though we relate that very much to finances and, uh, and that, that is, is, is quite true but it also on our time and other areas that uh, God might call us to just uh, you know give to him at particular seasons so and, uh, and so, uh, looking at now, as we, uh, we begin to uh, go through uh, this chapter, we'll, we'll read from verse 13. We covered up to those first 12 last week. And you'll find that uh, right at the end, uh, there is this mention of this incredible gospel message that uh, uh, is to be preached. And in verse 13, it says, Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ as obedient children not conforming yourselves to the former lusts as in your ignorance but as he who called you is holy you also be holy in all your conduct because it is written be holy for I am holy and if you call on the father who without partiality judges according to each one's work O oh, through him believe in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever." Because all flesh is as grass and all the glory of man as the flower of the grass the grass withers and its flower falls away but the word of the Lord endures forever now this is the word which by the gospel was preached to you and so we have these incredible words of Peter who as we were saying is probably at the end of his life Uh, Some believe that he was martyred in Rome. Uh, I don't think we know that for sure. But one thing is that during the course of his life, he had learned an awful lot of things. He was the one who denied the Lord, and yet the Lord, uh, he denied him three times. And the Lord said to him three times, do you love me, Peter? And so Peter had to make uh, a response to that. And he says, you know I love you, Jesus. And of course he did. But he was actually setting the course for Peter's life. And he was saying to him, Feed my sheep, feed my lambs. And that was going to be the, the great ministry of Peter. And, uh, and in fact, we, we find that he was taken out of his comfort zone and uh, put into a household of Cornelius who were Gentiles. And, uh, and uh, even Paul had to rebuke Peter and tell him that he was out of order in, uh, you know, considering. So this gospel was only for the Jewish people and and God had to reveal those things to Peter and and much of his ministry was actually uh, towards the Gentiles. This actual letter was written to the churches that were in kind of northern Turkey and in the Galatia area, so like northern Turkey, eastern Turkey. And this letter specifically went to those churches that had, had, had come about through the dispersion and persecution that had taken place in Jerusalem. It seemed as if Holy Spirit even had to uh, move them out because Jesus said you've got to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And they were quite content with the thousands that had been saved in Jerusalem. But then persecution got so heavy. And and so there was a natural dispersion then of the believers. But wherever they were going, they were starting these churches and so as it says right at the beginning of Peter's letter they were in uh, Cappadocia all of kind of Asia Minor and Bithynia and those those areas so churches and Christians had um, if you like migrated to these places so this letter was specifically sent to more of the Gentiles and the Jews and so again, we see how God had used Peter to, to reach uh, these Gentile nations. And, uh, and so um, they were also suffering a certain amount of persecution um, where, where they went because wherever we are, we're going to have persecution. And uh, I was mentioning to um, a couple of the ministers yesterday about our problems with the authorities concerning registration of this building and uh, they were appalled you know um, that, uh, that that the places are being registered for marriages and yet we have this opposition against this building being registered for marriages and so uh, they said well you know write a letter to churches together we will you know uh, sanction this and agree and uh, so uh, and we're going to see the local MP apparently um, their officer said he would love to get involved in something like this. But I, I've had words with the local register office, and she's been great. She's been trying to help us. She says, I don't understand it. Why Southport, where everything apparently goes through Southport for registrations, why they have... Uh, and they've, they've literally sent back, uh, because she took it up on our behalf, and they sent something back saying, unless things have changed, don't even bother reapplying, you know? that's appalling and uh, you know as I say the local ministers just can't work it out except um, it was Kevin uh, from the Minster who said this in all of the years that he's been sending returns into um, the the marriage um, register office that in the last 12 months he's had 2 come back and uh, he said that they're absolutely paranoid now about people being married who are illegal you know people that have come into the country and uh, these illegal marriages that are, have been taking place so he that I can only put it down to that that I've had some problems but uh, so but we uh, you know, I, I just sent a thing back to uh, um, Linda at the registrar office saying that we are going to pursue this and if necessary I said we don't want to make a big issue of this but if need be we will do because there are certain things as believers, we just don't let people steamroller. You know, I said it, you know, that uh, uh, we're doorkeepers in the house of the Lord, but we don't have to be doormats for people to just come and wipe their feet on. Amen. And, uh, you know, there are times when we have to, you know, accept certain things, but, but when we know that we have a legal right, uh, to these things, then we, uh, we need to progress. It's just the enemy. We, we know he gets involved in things like this just to um, stop things happening. But praise God. So these churches, uh, and there's nothing, uh, nothing new under the sun, basically. And it would be fair to say, and people have said this, there are more martyrs in the Christian church today than at any time in the history of the church. Just that we don't hear of those things on BBC and CNN. You know, they choose not to record these happenings, but uh, we know that uh, through uh, Barnabas Trust and people like this who have their finger on the pulse, there, there is so much going on, and, uh, uh, and therefore we, we have to be aware that we are being marginalized in this nation, and uh, that is going on. But, you know, the, uh, the fact is that when God moves in powerful revival, everything will get overthrown. Amen. And uh, Islam will be broken praise God they said that communist uh, was something that would never uh, go away but praise God hasn't particularly gone away but the back was broken you know and um, so uh, nothing is too difficult for the Lord amen but he does look to his church to be the means of things changing so persecution that scattered these people and so uh, in light of this then this is what Peter is saying this is really good teaching for us because the society that these early Christians found themselves in was totally godless. They were moving into areas like in Turkey that, uh, you know, full of idol worship and all kinds of things, and they were going in with the gospel, and as a result, they were suffering persecution. We know that at this time it wouldn't be long before Peter would be martyred. Paul himself was probably martyred around about the same time. This was the time that Nero was uh, the Caesar. And, uh, and, and so basically it was a difficult time. And yet uh, in all of these things, these are the words that, that Peter comes up with. And uh, uh, the, verse 13, uh, I, I found this so uh, challenging, uh, you know, because this is the area that the enemy works at mostly with you and me is our mind. He is always aiming at our thinking to get our thoughts in a a wrong um, uh, track. And and so he actually says, therefore gird up the loins of your mind. And it's interesting how he uses this kind of uh, uh, thought. And you know, uh, in those days, they used to wear these long robes and before they actually went into battle, they used to have to gird up uh, and that, that's that's the he's using this in the sense of a spiritual sense. But you you see that the same kind of approach. If they went into battle with these long robes on, there they would be in danger of tripping up. They literally girded up the, these these loins and um, and, uh, and and went into battle. And so he's saying, as believers, you got to do the same thing. Get your mind correctly in uh, in gear. Uh, because we are in a spiritual warfare and if you don't take that into account, the enemy is going to use your ignorance and he's going to come in uh, to challenge the things that uh, that you're doing. So your thinking is not clear, it's not on the word. That's why we were saying earlier, when you know the truth, when you've got your thinking correct and your thinking is according to the word, then that is, you're now prepared for whatever the enemy is bringing, you can see that that doesn't marry up with the Word of God. When the report that you're getting physically doesn't tie up, but I am already healed according to the Word of God. But you've got this sickness and the enemy is using that and and putting the pressure on you to, to, to stop you believing that by his stripes you were healed. It's a past, it's a done thing according to the Word of God. And therefore, and the other aspect is, well, you know, that God really hasn't healed you and, and the fact is that, that basically he's actually teaching you something through this and it's almost as if the devil says oh well you know good will come out of this because you'll you'll realize that uh, through this that, that you get closer to God because now uh, you know he's, he's such a liar and such a deceiver uh, and, and so we, we just declare no this is what the word says we stand on the declared word of God and 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 so by that you can check what is true and what is false but it's always got to be back to the word and so uh, the word of the Lord it says in verse 25 is that which endures forever it's always gonna be it isn't gonna change God's not gonna change uh, this book uh, all of this book has been given to us by the Lord so that we know you know, what to believe and what we can stand on. And so we check it out. If the Lord Jesus had to use the word against the enemy, which he did, and it's interesting also, you know, that the devil used scripture against Jesus. He quoted from the Psalms. He didn't quite quote it correctly. But isn't that interesting? So when Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormons come along and they start presenting the word, and you see so many people get caught with that, but they're not presenting the true word of God. And so if the devil quoted at Jesus the word, how foolish he was. Say, so, you know, the devil is stupid. You know, there is the word of God stood in front of him, and he was thinking that he could convince Jesus that, you know, this is what the word says. But Jesus put it back, No, the Word is said this. Man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And that's that's the basis of where we come in. We stand on all that the Word says for our life. And so again, the power of God is released through our faith in the Word. That's so important, you know, because you have to release this power that's in the Gospel. There's power in this Gospel, but the only way that you can release that power is by standing on what the word says so it's through our faith in the word that the power is released uh, otherwise it just remains in this book as someone said you really you know for this word to be effective in your life it's got to come off the page and it's got to get into your heart it just stays on the page it's just like any other textbook you know but this is the textbook of life amen and it is the truth it's the Word of God and so the Bible is God's perfect will for the human race. Now, once, once we, we settle some of these kind of simple issues, and we, we say, "That's I'm going to direct my life. I thank God, you see, for our early um, church life, which was in a Baptist church, who taught us that this book is the Word of God. Now, they were limited in some areas in in where, particularly when it went to things of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit and saying that those things had passed away. Um, But we know that they never did pass away. And and so, uh, but one thing that they always emphasized that, you know, you can believe the Bible and they believed it, you know. They believed all that Genesis had to say. They weren't crossing things out and saying, well, they were just kind of myths and fairy tales or whatever. So we thank God that we had a good birth thing in that sense. Truly got born again because the gospel was preached in that church. No one ever got healed that I could ever remember in that church. And we didn't believe that healing was for today because it wasn't taught to us. That's why we need good Bible colleges that um, you know, bring you to the word and it's not man's ideas. It really is what the Word itself says. So so the power of God is released uh, through faith in the Word. And the other issue is simply that the Bible is God's perfect will for the human race. That's why God has given us the Bible. This is His will. And uh, and so it's just like, you know, if you, I don't know whatever car you drive, but if, uh, if you're, of like a diy man and you can mend the i could never you know i'd have to take mine to the garage but some people can tinker about and they can get it working but basically you probably also need to get the manual for your kind of make of car it's no no good if you got a you know a ford car and you're using a you know uh, whatever a Vauxhall uh, manual that won't help you. You've got to have exactly what the manual is for that make of car, and in the same way, this is this is the manual for mankind, and uh, God knows how we tick. Amen. And so uh, we say that even when it comes to the physical, thank God for doctors and nurses who who help, but uh, they don't have perfect revelation about the body of the human being, but God does. He really does know every everything that takes place. You know, every vein, every kind of uh, blood corpuscle. He, you know, he made it. So he knows, you know, when things go wrong in our physical being, what the matter is. And therefore, he is the one who is the best consultant. Amen. And we go to him. And uh, he may guide us, and it depends on our faith and where we're at at certain levels, uh, what we can believe, but... Uh, God wants us well. That's the, uh, the bottom line. And so in all of these things, beloved, our bodies uh, will be made whole, but you need to know what the Word says about that. God's uh, premise is that he went about doing good and healing all manner of sickness and disease. And wherever he saw faith, as we, we said with this woman, she just came and he, he said your faith has made you well amen said that over and over again to people Um, it was their faith and so we see this need for us to be men and women of faith and and so when it comes to even this this point of uh, girding up the loins of your mind he says be sober and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ and that revelation of Jesus Christ is that He died for our sins, our sicknesses, our poverty. He died for the whole ailment of mankind, and God has come to uh, to bless uh, you know each and every one that will call on the name of the Lord Jesus. Uh, but you know, man tends to live by suggestions that come into his mind. Natural man you know is moving at impulses of the flesh and that often can be the problem even for believers that that we we are moved more by suggestions that come in but so often those suggestions are coming from the enemy you should do this you should do that oh you need to be with that person or but you know those suggestions can really tie us up if we're not careful if those suggestions are just coming from from the enemy, and uh, you can be sure that that's where the enemy is most active. And so Peter again says, "Gird up the loins of your mind." You know, in other words, prepare your mind in such a way that you are prepared for battle with the enemy, because that's how they used to, you know, when they were going to battle, they gird up their their loins and uh, they were ready to attack. And we must always be ready when the enemy shows up. And so um, keep your body uh, in that same frame of mind uh, what Jesus has done for you physically rather than what you feel your body is saying some uh, someone said that uh, don't uh, don't let the uh, body speak to you in, uh, in in the sense of like the flesh will demand uh, or oh, well, you can't do that anymore because this uh, sickness that's upon you and um, You're not going to be able to do that anymore. And you're going to have to limit yourself. But, you know, God, you know, in his word he's saying, but like this woman, this so spoke to me on Wednesday, just press through. When you feel that you can't even do it, do it anyway. Isn't that what we do? I know uh, David uh, uh, Athaway he's a healing evangelist, and what David will do, you know, when... Uh, people come and uh, they say, you know, they've got something wrong with their leg. And they say, right, start lifting that leg. Start moving it. Start doing something that you couldn't do before. And see, faith without action is dead. Faith without works. And so we can actually begin. Now, we're, there are times when we're in kind of a recovery position And it's great when things happen instantaneously and and we are healed that way. And we have known situations like that. But nevertheless, we we begin to do the very thing that the devil is suggesting that we can't do. But we say, but if I'm healed, I'm healed. Amen. And it's not mind science, it's not Christian science uh, to, to affirm that. Because we recognize, yes, there is pain and there is certain things that uh, attack us, but we praise God, we say, but that is not remaining in me because my body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. And if if Holy Spirit is living here, he wants to live in a body that can do all the things that uh, we're required to do, that he calls us to do. So these things, as uh, I say, um, living by suggestions from the enemy who will get into your mind but then will affect your body because your mind is now telling your body what it can do and what it can't do but we are meant to be moving by our spirit but what does the spirit man say you see um, are people think that we have two natures Um, but it's taught in, in lots of churches and that we have a good nature and we have an evil nature But the Word of God says, no, you became a new creation in Christ. But we do have the flesh that is still demanding certain things. But we do not walk in the flesh. We walk in the Spirit. If the Spirit of life is dominating our thinking, but as soon as our thinking is receiving suggestions from the world or receiving bad reports about our situation, and sometimes it is easy to accept that, but God says, no... You just stand on what the Word says. Let the power of God be released through faith, you know, that is, is in that Word. When you put the Word and faith together, things will happen. Amen. So, the Gospel spoken by the prophets of old, Peter says, uh, but first revealed and preached by the early apostles through the Holy Spirit. The, those early um, saints in the Old Testament you see, they spoke about these things. They never actually saw a manifestation of many of the things that they prophesied. But Peter says, what we have come into, this is like early church, first century church, they, people like Isaiah, prophesied about these things. I mean, we know Isaiah 53 uh, prophesied about the crucifixion of the Lord Jesus and prophesied about, you know, he would die for our sicknesses. And and that was five, six hundred years before Jesus even came to the earth. But Peter says, now we have received the revelation of this truth and now we enjoy what they saw saw from afar off, but never experienced. There were healings, of course, under the Old Testament and uh, people got healed. Ezekiah was given another uh, many years, was it 15, 20 years to live? And uh, and then there were others, Naaman... uh, and uh, you know the leprosy, uh, the, uh, so we saw all kinds of healings. But that just shows you the nature of God has always been for mankind. But of course, uh, the the Savior hadn't yet come, and so in the same way that they kind of uh, became believers was by looking to a Messiah coming. We're looking back on a Messiah that's already been and died for us and provided all this and so we're in a far better covenant and you have to read hebrews to find out about all of those wonderful things that we have which is far better we have a far better going on than those uh, early believers under the old covenant and so gird up your loins and then in verse 14 he says obedient children and uh, sometimes, uh, you know, this kind of holiness and living that God has called us to, uh, many people have prophesied that the last revival that will will uh, usher in the Lord Jesus will be um, it will basically be a revival of holiness. There will be a return to uh, a holiness uh, uh, of the church, you know, because the church has so often waned, and uh, there was a, a kind of holiness teaching in Wesley's days. And, and so many were getting revived and full of the Spirit. Um, and then we, uh, the Methodist church began to wane after 50 years. After Wesley died, the Methodist church began preaching a social gospel. It's continued to do that. There are certain kind of sections of Methodism that have stuck to Wesley's kind of teaching. But uh, it's, it's a small minority. But uh, I think it was wigglesworth. He, uh, he prophesied about um, the end time a revival would be uh, one of holiness. He prophesied about the healing um, uh, thing that would start after he died. He died about forty seven and he, he prophesied about a great healing ministry that would begin that started in the '50s. The healing evangelist um, came on the scene uh, all over America and uh, uh, have continued and then he prophesied about all of the denominations will be affected by the Holy Spirit and that started I think maybe in the 60s uh, around that area we've had the charismatic movement but then he said the the last great move of God will be a, a revival of holiness and uh, Colin Urquhart and uh, I've heard him say uh, the same kind of thing that uh, it, we will usher in the Lord in other words the Lord is not coming back for a church is going to be weak and pitiful is coming back for one that is spotless and blameless and uh, you know we we know that we are in our spirit but it needs to be on the outside as well and uh, so that people will be drawn into this this powerful move of God that is uh, that of holiness and, uh, and and so Peter begins to talk about these things to this early church he says as obedient children not conforming yourself to the former loss as in your ignorance and so he's saying when you were unbelievers you were in all kinds of sinful actions and doing things but but you were ignorant of you know the the, the gospel And so, but he's saying now don't conform yourself back to those things. Now you're a new creature in Christ and you have the Spirit of God in you. And in verse 15 he goes on to say, But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in your conduct, because it is written, Be holy, for I am holy. So again, the way that Christians live and the way that we we conduct ourselves, there should be something so different about us that people begin to, to say, ah, you know, because that brings conviction to others. I mean, my, my first uh, uh, memory of, of two young men standing up and giving their testimony, 15-year-old, they were schoolboys, and I'd be probably 18 at the time, taken to this kind of youth uh, kind of meeting on a Friday night. And I saw them giving their testimony, shaking their boots but the things that were coming out of their mouth about this love for Jesus and that their sins were forgiven and they had a new life and and that was that's what spoke to me more than you know hearing a, a preacher because I had, I had to say to myself that's got to be real they're not doing that for the fun of it because you know there, there was all kinds of people in that meeting rough diamonds and, uh, and there they were testifying to loving Jesus and that I couldn't get that out of my mind when I saw that and then I realized that's what I'd like to have isn't that often what we hear people say I saw someone and they you know it was their life more than the words that they were speaking because they were on a different plane they were in a different kind of clearly in a different kingdom And so, and and this is really what Peter is reminding them don't go back into those old ways, but be obedient. Don't let the lust of the flesh control you, because now we don't have to, because we have the power of the Spirit within us. And it's not trying to, you know, fight this evil dog inside us and trying to, you know, uh, put that down all the time. We just say, I have a spirit man that is is the strength and power of my life and therefore those things have no place and I choose you know to put those things away I don't want those things anymore and and so again this is such a good teaching that Peter is bringing be holy for I am holy God is a holy God Holy Spirit is holy you know when we, we think of what Jesus said he he said the Holy Spirit is going to come to you and uh, he will you know you will receive the Holy Spirit and he will make you witnesses but the first thing the Holy Spirit wants to do is make you holy. he wants your life to be holy so that when you witness it will be in the power of the Spirit i than just saying words but your whole life is reflecting holiness to the people that brings them under conviction even it says about the Jews you know that they are going to be made envious they're going to be jealous Of the church because they see the church in the blessings that they know should be theirs and and so God is actually going to use that to draw even the Jews back to himself and I believe these days that they're beginning they're certainly affirming these things I was reading one of the magazines that Brian got and it it said that they uh, again the Jews are saying the only friends we've got are the Christians everybody else has promised them certain things and, but now they see countries even like America withdrawing uh, from them and uh, all these Arab nations camp round about them and, and they're, they're now saying you know who, who is going to stand for us and now they're saying maybe it's the Christians well Christians are meant to you know we are, we are uh, serving the same God they're not serving Allah they're serving Jehovah God that he is their God same as the Christian and they don't recognize Jesus as their Messiah some of them have but uh, but we got to keep praying for them because they are going to uh, go under so much persecution I believe these are the kind of scriptures that uh, will begin to open up even to them though they were primarily written to Gentile nations but uh, um, and then he says and if you call on the Father who without partiality judges according to each one's work conduct yourself throughout the time of your stay here in fear that's in reverence and, uh, and so again what, what the word is saying is that, that our God is one who is completely impartial and some people you see think well I can see that he has healed so and so but, but they're, they're so much more spiritual than I am God doesn't judge us that way We're all his children. He is totally impartial. What he does for one, he'll do for you. What he did for these two young men, he did for me. Simply because I pursued it. And you've got to pursue God at times. You've got to, you know, really seek after him. If you seek after him, he'll, he'll reveal himself. You draw near to God he'll draw nigh to you and so again and he says knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers Peter really spells it out you know we can be in church life all our life and never know Jesus and uh, and of course the Jews the scribes the Pharisees they were blind leading the blind and he says you know aimless conduct and we we have to check ourselves out. What, what is it about our life that's aimless conduct? Are we just trying to build something in this life, and not seeing what the important issues are? Doesn't mean that you know we shouldn't be uh, kind of motivated to uh, to do uh, better things, uh, even in in the work that we we carry out. But if it's, uh, it's something that's so aimless then maybe we need to look at what God is calling us to. It amazes me when I hear of people that just give everything up and they I'm going to go to Bible college. And yet they've got a, a good profession and, and whatever. But, but God called them, and that's, that's the important issue. Um, I, we were just reading uh, uh, one of the CVs of uh, a student, and I went, wow, this guy, he really is so educated and he's coming to Bible college. But I mean, his CV, he was, you know, he's a BA in this and he's, he writes BTEC courses and uh, accredits courses and you think, and he's coming to Dewsbury to sit under, you know, ministry. And you think, isn't God so good? I mean, college is so exciting really because it's, uh, it's putting people from all different, groupings together to learn the word and, and then to take the word out you know into whatever environment God places them in um, but uh, you know I think it's just so exciting and that's the way it should be church should be the most uh, exciting place and, and of course what Peter now moves on to he begins to talk about this kind of fellowship that we have he says in verse 20 he indeed was foreordained. this is the Lord Jesus before the foundation of the world but was manifest in these last times for you who through him believing God who raised him from the dead gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God so our faith and our hope is uh, is in a God who has done all things well isn't it so sad you come across the the Muslims and you talk to them and if you mention about heaven And I've said this to uh, a few that have come into the shop. I said, you know, do you know that you're going to heaven? And they don't have that hope. It's kind of, well, if I'm a a good Muslim and maybe, and it's always, I might be accepted. And uh, and when you turn around to them and say, do you know what? You can be accepted right now by God by trusting in the Lord Jesus. <laughs> and, uh, and, and it blows their mind, to, you know, because they say, you know that you're going to heaven. I said, absolutely. I had, um, we had one guy who was stood outside the shop one day. He was in all of his garb and he was, he was just looking in, in the shop window and, and I'd parked the car just further up the road and I, I got in the car, we were just leaving and... Uh, I felt the Lord say, "Go, go, speak to him." And when I started speaking to him, he started sobbing. Great big guy, Mohammed something was his name, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> surprising. and I said, "I said, is there anything we can do for you?" And amazingly, he said, "Will you pray for me?" See, so they're not afraid of asking for prayer. And I said, Look, I said, would you just like to uh, go in, into the shop? we just went in the bottom entrance there. And, uh, and then he said, hey, Never forget it, he says, Mosque kaput. And I said, Mosque kaput, what do you mean? He said, No good, Mosque no good. And uh, it'd been put out, uh, came, it'd been put out of the mosque because of something to do with his wife. And he wasn't allowed to speak to his wife. And it really was awful. And, and then he said to me, he says, well, will you get Pope to pray for me? <laughs> I said, Pope, not necessary. <laughs> and then he actually said to me, he says, you believe in Jesus? I says, yes. He says, Jesus is coming again. I says, yes, he is. Amazing. I mean, they do know some of these things. And, uh, and we just prayed with him. But this poor man, he, he, was, he was heartbroken. And, uh, and you, you don't realize what, what is going on at times. But, um, you know, there is a seeking out there. And, and yet, you know, their, their concept of Christian, is anybody white? And, and so that when, when they see what white people are doing... They, they treat them as that they're Christians and therefore you see there's no attraction as far as they're concerned so well if that's Christians uh, I had uh, one intellectual guy who came in and I, I said to him I said because he was saying this always so says well you know Christians are so evil the things that they do and um, and I said to him I said well let me ask you this I said in Islam I said can you honestly say that every Muslim Is living by the Quran and doing everything that the Quran says and he kind of looked and he says well no I said well why are you labeling every white person as if they believe the Bible and they're actually living by the Bible and bless him he actually admitted that yes that that is probably wrong to think that's everyone but of course they are being programmed to you know that in those ways but, you know, God is going to break through with those people because some of them are really good living people in the way that they know how to live. They make good neighbors. I was talking to Mark who's just moved into kind of a Muslim street. And um, I said, you know, we, our first bookshop manager chose to live in a street that was 100% Muslim. There was just one house for sale and he went and bought it. I said, the very day that he moved in, the next door neighbors came. They said, Would you like to come for tea? And he went in, had a meal with them, and within a few weeks, because they saw something in him, their children were coming in to watch Jesus film uh video. And so but he purposely went to live there because he had a heart for for Muslim people. But he said He says, you can leave your door open. He says, you don't have to worry about, you know, like we used to be able to in England years ago, but you wouldn't do that these days. But he said, they're always available, you know, and uh, very helpful. He says, I do. I often forget to lock the door and we come back and patio door's wide open. So, uh, praise God, we've got angels. We need it sometimes. So, since... uh, Uh, these things that Paul says uh, uh, Peter says in verse 22 since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit in sincere love of the brethren love one another now this is where this really gets important for us you know because we can talk about holiness we can talk about healing we can talk about gifts of the Spirit we can talk about all these things that we're doing all these ministries we got going and yet this is where the rubber hits the road. He says, brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart. You know, I mean, above everything else, God says you've got to do this. You know, for things really to take place. You know, when people you know, love fervently and we can look beyond one another's, you know, mistakes and the things that we, we do wrong and we say, hey, We're brothers and sisters in Jesus. And and the bottom line always is, you know, if we can't forgive one another, and yet we look at our life and Jesus has forgiven every sin that we've ever committed, past, present and future, doesn't hold any of those things against us. And yet we can hold little grievances and grumbles against one another. But Peter is is saying it really as it needs to be said you know it's got to be sincere love it's not just because you you're wanting something back from somebody and maybe they'll invite me or they might do this for me or they might give me something and and if I you know make a fuss of them Um, but basically this is this is the way beloved that holiness begins to manifest in any fellowship, is that when we fervently, with a pure heart, having been born again, praise God, and Mike were talking about, you know, the seed. You know, we've been born, every, every one of us have been born of a seed. Naturally, we were born through a seed, but now, spiritually, we've been born through the seed of the Word of God. The Word of God has come in, and so we're to shed abroad this love by the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit always works with the word that's why we say you know it's not just a matter of taking this book and saying oh we're standing on the word it's got to be word and spirit you know that uh, there's a connection there and that we we believe by faith and that's where the spirit element comes in and when the spirit and the word are working the the love is being shed abroad but the the seed as Mike was saying you've got to scatter the seed And sometimes we're scattering the seed, and because we don't maybe see, you know, results immediately, we can be put off, and you can go knocking on doors, you can, you know, see some, maybe just now and again. But even Jesus said, you know, when he was telling the parable of the sower, that three of those didn't produce fruit, only the good soil, because there was the stony ground, the Birds of the air coming like as soon as the word is preached, the devil's trying to take the word away. The things that have been sown, even this morning, you know, the things that may have kind of just touched your heart, you can be sure that the devil will try and pick that out. Oh no, you don't want to believe that. No, that's you know, you don't have to think about. It. No, you don't have to go and forgive somebody. It's okay, you know. And uh, so he tries to take the seed out so it doesn't take root. But when the seed of love begins to, to go in, you know, you get to that point where now things are going to happen in our life, in the life of the church, in the ministries. But uh, th- this seed is not corruptible, it's incorruptible. It's got life in it through the Word of God, which lives and abides forever. So if you can get hold of this, beloved, this morning, then this Word this, that you read and read on a regular basis that this Word of God it lives and it abides forever you get that into your life and it will change you but again all flesh is as grass and we, we need to we need to um, get that And of course when you hear like uh, Michael who's just passed away and you realize that there was a man he was looking forward he told me he says I'm looking forward to retirement he only had two months retirement and um, and I'm sure there were lots of things maybe that he felt that he was now able to do but we don't know we don't know what, to, what time we've, we've got left and uh, but while we're here we just got to make uh, the most use of uh, what God has given to us because all flesh is as grass and all the glory of man and so when you think about your life and, and what we're building and you hear of these guys who have built you know, big, vast organizations, businesses, millions of pounds and, uh, you know, in value. And then and then they're gone and they pass away. I think of businesses that I was involved in. You know, in my early days, great big engineering firm that I worked for, that doesn't exist anymore. It's got a Costco on the site now. And then the next place that I worked for, Ringtons Tea, Ringtons is still going. My son was telling me that he he, uh, he actually deals with them now. But but the place that they had in Leeds is no longer there. And then uh, another firm that I worked for, which uh, John Barron's Tailors, one of the top tailors of their day. And uh, and I read somewhere that it says that you know every every company that started by like a, a family person, and they pass it to their sons and then to their sons. they say that generally, after the third generation, that thing disappears and that's been true in the places that I know of and uh, and then the last place I worked, for, I worked there twenty five years, and one day and and when I left there, I thought that you know that was such a good building company it would go on and on but probably five years after I left. It, not because I left, but it, it just got sold. <laughs> it went. I never would have thought that. I mean, I, when I was there, I thought, wow, 25 years, you know, I can see, uh, you know, uh, I could stay here to the end and get a good pension, you know, good, good position, company car, got all of this going for me. And then God comes knocking on your door and he says, hmm, And that was it you know and you have got to do what God says but you look back and you think well it's so good isn't it to to be in God's business and we're all in God's business you know whatever we're doing because wherever you are whatever you're doing you're still you're there as a witness for, for King Jesus that's your primary purpose wherever you are doing the things that God has called you to do and letting them see by your life something that they don't have and uh, you draw people in. And so, again, all of these things. And, uh, and then this final verse that we, we looked at, verse 25, and now this is the word which by the gospel was preached to you. And, and Peter just ties that thing in. And you know, it's always a now word. The word of faith is always a now word. You need the current word. And it's the same in whatever we're doing. You know, whatever ministry we've got, there's got to be a now word. It's always the current word. We don't want the old word because that's, that's been and gone. But God has always got a current word for us. And he's got that for your life. And if you will, will, will just ask, what is the word for me right now? And you might get surprised at what he brings to you. You see, you've got the suggestions, as we said. There are suggestions that are coming to our, our mind all the time. The enemy's putting suggestions in. Well, what about this? And what, if, what about that? And, and what if this happens? And, and, and you don't have to take those suggestions. You just take what the Word says. Stand on the Word. This is, this is what God said. Amen. It's going to work out. So praise God. Salvation, past, present, future. It's all taken care of. We're being saved daily. Every time something comes across your path, you know what? You're saved. Amen. But you have to apply the word into the situation and uh, make it concrete. So when the devil comes knocking, he can't, he can't break through. Amen. Amen father we just thank you today that this is the day that the Lord has made and we will rejoice and be glad in it we thank you father for your plans and your purposes for all of our lives we thank you for the challenge that we have to be holy as you are holy and and father we uh, in ourselves we know that that's impossible and yet you have made us holy we are sanctified spirit soul and body And we give you praise, Father, that today is a day that we can rejoice together, enjoy fellowship together in your spirit, through your spirit. And that, Lord, in all of these ministries that we hear about, Lord, that we can participate and be part of in some form or other, Lord, that uh, you call us to, to be a prayerful force in this town, that we might see the town of Jewsbury completely changed by the power of your gospel. But as your holiness comes into your people, Lord, and as that love is shed abroad in our heart, we believe all things are possible to those that will believe. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. For more information, please check out www.jewsburggospelchurch.org.uk